Hi there, Glocal citizens. Welcome back to the podcast that inspires a borderless mindset around manifesting a new world. I am your host, Florence Adu, coming to you with part two of my quantum conversation with Dr. Hakeem Ogushei. He is, if you had missed it in part one of the conversation, an astrophysicist, author, STEM educator, multi-patented inventor, voice actor, TV personality, science communicator, and keynote speaker. He sees his professional mission as advancing humanity's understanding of the universe through scientific inquiry, passing on the detailed knowledge of this process and its results to the next generation and service to humanity and country. His memoir, A Quantum Life, My Unlikely Journey from the Streets to the Stars, is available now at bookstores everywhere. Definitely go and check that out, pick it up. So we're picking up the conversation, talking a little bit about speak. So you're talking about all this travel and all those yeah. things. So I like to talk about local speak. Oh, yeah. 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 So we want to hear what you yeah. hear. So if you could yeah. share a word, a phrase or a mm. saying yeah. that is a meaningful part of your local experience and mm. how you've come to value it as a global speak. And so local, you know, we're here in the DFV, but obviously you've been in many places. So something yeah. that's that feels local to you. You know, I'd have to say something from Mississippi or New Orleans. OK. So the word that comes to mind, keep it on the African theme, is gumbo. Oh. <laughs> gumbo. Is it dinner time? Oh, I just got hungry when I said it. Right? Yeah. Every time I went to one, I gained like 10, 15 pounds. Just, yeah, okay. gumbo. Okay. Because also, you know, gumbo is that mix of everything. Yes, right? and, yes. And that's kind of yes. how I feel. Yeah. You know, I don't yeah. feel like, you know, I, I, I remember when I first got on Twitter, I was motivated to tweet, I am more than one thing. Ah, okay. Right? Uh-huh. Because, you know, what are you? You, are you? Because even among the astronomers and the physicists, they're like, are you an astronomer or are you a physicist? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I, I, I default to physicists because that's more general. Sure. But I'm like, you know, I always say I'm a science mercenary. You know, yeah. I, I, I like okay. to find interesting problems yep. and work on them, whatever yep. the hell sure. it is. If it's an engineering, if it's an astronomy, sure. if it's an astrophysics, I've yeah. just done stuff in history, I've done stuff in education, yep. you know, real yeah. publications, right? right? So yeah, it, you know, I'm not, I'm not fitting in any boxes, right? Yeah. Maybe the human earthling box, sure. but, right. but you sure know, I love to perform, right? Yeah, you know, I might yeah. drop a rhyme, I might <laughs> pull out my tuba, you know, <laughs> and don't tell them, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and, I, and I see that in all humanity. I, I, I'm always looking at other people and envious of their talent. I know not envious, but in, in, in admiration of yep. their talent, yep. right? And I always feel like the least talented guy in the room. You know what I mean? Mm, <laughs> so, yeah. And so I feel like I'm trying to keep up with everybody else. Sure, you know? sure. And so that's why I say I see it in every, I see it the same thing in others. Yeah. Like, for example, take a, a show like American Idol. When you grow up in the hood, you know people that are amazing singers that never see the light of day. Mm-hmm. Never see the light of day. Mm-hmm. And I'm like watching American Idol. I'm like, where are these people? How come they don't? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I come the recruiters can't find them. Right. Know? Yeah. Because yeah. You go to church, you know, so yeah, exactly. not everybody, but you know, right. in any little there's some, some yeah. square area of, of you know, you're gonna and it's not that big, you're right. gonna find ama- people that are amazing at so many things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 And that's what's the shame for me when I got to Stanford and saw this whole class divide oh, in opportunity. Yeah. Right. Like one of the first things yeah. I realized was I said to myself, I looked at people around me and I was like, man, you guys are ultra educated, mm-hmm. but you're not intrinsically smarter than around the people I grew up around. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I thought 
with regards to myself. I was like, okay, you guys are all way better educated than me, but can't none of you outwork me, mm-hmm. right? So I'm gonna, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. nose to the grindstone. I'm gonna catch you and I'm gonna surpass you. Right. Give me a few years. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's no way around the hard work, and exactly. it just takes time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and when you're inefficient at it, when you're young, right now, I know that given a good problem. You know, I could be the world's expert in some topic in like 18 to 24 months. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Because you have a system. You, you understand yeah, exactly. how to go through the rigors. You understand yeah. all of that. Exactly. Yeah. It's very efficient yeah. now just yeah. getting there to the yep. point. Right? Sure. Yeah. Sure, and when sure. you're young and inefficient, you, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you yeah. just don't know the system, how to do it. Yet, right. Right? It's, right. It's like LeBron playing basketball now versus young LeBron. Right. right? Yeah. You know. Yeah. He's he has all of that athletic talent, but the efficiency was just, you know, mm-hmm. not the same. Mm-hmm. Now he gets the same thing done with a lot less motion. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's a good segue into my mindset hack question. Yeah. Yeah. So what is your favorite or an innovative mindset hack? One yeah. that you know, one that you practice, one that you can imagine. Yeah, I've had to hack my mindset all my life okay. to get myself through things. I tell myself things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so this come came out of physics for me. Mm-hmm. It's not anything it's like what you know there's a lot of discoveries that i make that i discover while already discovered mm-hmm. <laughs> go mm-hmm. all the way back to college mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so of course albert einstein discovered this first figured this out first but i was sitting thinking one day i think about space and time a lot and a foundational physicist one of the founders of astro particle physics this guy named rocky cobb also from new orleans but he spent his entire career in chicago mm-hmm. we were having dinner one night back in 2003 in mm-hmm. chicago and we were talking about having these deep insights to make really revolutionary changes in physics and how we understand the universe. And he said, yeah, man, it's like that Mark Twain saying, it's an apocryphal Mark Twain saying, it's not what you don't know, it's what you know that ain't so, mm. right? And you know, he talked about at that moment, in that conversation, how Albert Einstein, you know, with his his revolution in space and time, you know, turned over what we all thought we knew to be true, which right. wasn't, right? Right, right. So anyway, I started thinking about what do we know? What could it, I possibly know that ain't so, right? And, you know, I also think about like, what could different realities be that I wouldn't be able to do an experiment to differentiate between them? Because ultimately, mm-hmm. it comes down to what you observe to be true sure. is what is true, right? Sure. And you do that through experiments or rigorous observations, right? Yeah. So in that thinking, I thought to myself, I was like, you know, time. You and I are sitting here next to this microphone, and we call this moment that we're sharing now. Mm-hmm. And we believe, collectively as humans, that our now is the actual now of the universe. Right. That there's that history that led up to this moment, and now this now is the actual real now. But then I thought, I was like, but wait, every conscious being who has ever lived or who will ever live has that exact same thought. So what makes my now the actual now? This means to me now that all timelines are co-equal and all times are co-equal. Now, the way Einstein expressed this was in a letter to a bereaved friend who had lost her spouse. Mm -hmm. I think she was a woman. Mm -hmm. And basically he said, you know, don't be so sad because if you could see time the way God does, it's just all out there, Mm -hmm. you know? So one way of thinking of it is, you know, when the universe began, you and I were here having this conversation, Mm -hmm. right? So anyway, how do I use that as a mind hack? Mm -hmm. I say to myself, as far as I know, it's already a billion years from now and I'm already dead. 
So mm-hmm. what is there to be embarrassed about? What is there to hold back about? So a lot of this stuff that I do as performance, right? How do you come across well as a voice actor? How do you come across well on camera? It's really simple. Be yourself, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Be true to your real emotions. Mm-hmm. Be who you really are yeah. in that contrived moment, right? right? And right. but it's so hard, right? It's so hard. We 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 often will be be what we think we're supposed to be. I but you know, if you like look at TED talks, they all yeah. kind of talk the same, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah it's a, it's yeah. a style, yes. right? Because that's what I do as a TED talk. And, and, and <laughs> exactly. the, yeah, and the same thing goes yeah. with yeah. different careers, sure. right? Yeah. Physicists talk like physicists, mm-hmm. teachers, you know, mm-hmm. it, and so that's why I personally don't talk like a physicist. Right, you I, don't. I, I'm purposefully ebonic Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yourself, know? yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. just being myself because yeah. I'm also showing that I talk this way, but hell yeah, I'm brilliant. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not brilliant because I'm smart. I don't believe in smart. Mm. It's it's what has actually been accomplished, mm-hmm. right? It is, mm-hmm. it is, don't talk to me, don't ask me, go look at the work, go look up the papers, go right. look up the patents. Right. That's what it is, yep. right? Talk to the people who've had the impact. That's the real, that's the real thing. Yeah. And yeah, I talk like this. Yeah, yeah I need to go to a dentist. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you know, we judge each other yep. on these shallow things. Sure. And one thing that, you know, I see myself as a human human. Right, you know, I'm in this sci-fi world, right? Mm-hmm. So I want us to be one planet, all working together. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if we could do that, we would be Star Trek tomorrow. Yes, but we're always trying to one up each other. We're, all, you know, we're doing right. all these, the hierarchies, yeah, yeah all the hierarchies, yeah. all the yeah. BS, all right. all this stuff. And sure. it's like, let's just be productive, have yeah. you know, work together and just be dope, Beats. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's that's my mind hack that i use i absolutely love that and i just amusing with the thought that i wonder what our challenge is evolutionarily from the physical form that makes us continue to default to yeah, default right, to that right. to that piece and so that's a uh, one of the big well, signs i'll tell you what my interpretation is of our latest evolution okay so our latest evolution goes by two letters ai yes artificial intelligence mm-hmm. and what ai is showing seems to be really close to actual intelligence, right? Sure. So they're like, if you just take ChatGPT, the initial manifestation of ChatGPT was basically copy and paste, right? I'm predicting the next word, but really I'm taking what already exists and kind of sending it back to you. Yeah. But there are these experiments that the researchers did with the ChatGPT4 where it actually shows thought. Like, for example, I was listening to uh, an interview, a podcast with this one guy who's a a researcher he said you know i was thinking about what tests i could give it because if you give it all the information on the internet and now you want to test it how you test it with something it's never seen before right so he was like okay here's what i'm going to do it's not a drawing ai but maybe it can draw so i'm going to ask it use this very obscure programming language and give me a code to draw a unicorn Mm-hmm. And so, based on the limits of that code, it couldn't draw like a really vivid unicorn, yeah. but it could draw basically using rectangles and ovals and yeah. triangles the shape of a unicorn. It's like, there it was, right. right? So then they're like, okay, let's do it like this. Let's take this code and modify it to remove the unicorn's horn, horn mm-hmm. and rotate it so it doesn't even look like a unicorn anymore. And say, here's a code of a unicorn. Put the horn on his head put a horn on his head with mm-hmm. triangle mm-hmm. and it did it right mm-hmm. so something that doesn't even look like a unicorn mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so this level of thought now the next thing is 
there is a recent result in anthro archaeoanthropology or whatever you call it, mm-hmm. where this these early humans called Niletis, yeah, in this cave in South Africa, mm-hmm. they found these bodies deep in this cave, yeah, and so there's two things that humans began to do. 78,000 years ago. These cats were doing it 160, like the first evidence of humans burying the dead, yeah. 78,000 years ago. Sure. These bones could be potentially as old as 500,000 years ago, but minimally like 300,000 years mm. ago. And so, mm-hmm. caching is when you take, like when you look at uh, the Dogon, where they have all the bodies and the caves mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the cliffs right there. Mm-hmm. That's called caching. Mm-hmm. Burying the dead. So two of the skeletons are completely intact or in these oval-shaped depressions mm-hmm. where it looked like, based on the, the way it's disturbed, sure. like they were actually buried. And then at the same location, they, they have cave markings. Like they were, you know, doing like, tombstones or sure, cave walls. Sure, sure, like sure, that, sure, right? sure. Like, uh-huh. Now, all other anthropologists are like, well, you can't say it was them that did it because you can't really date those. It could have been some later humans that came in there. But the burying and caching thing are still pretty amazing. But here's the thing. Those cats had really tiny brains, just like AI has a really tiny brain today. So what this is saying to us is we thought intelligence was this, our super brain, we slowly developed it and we're so unique. But really, intelligence may be really easy is the thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe all we're doing yeah. is predicting the next word. You know, yeah. it's it's yeah. you know. So we've given it this sort of like aura of amazingness, but now we're seeing that oh, maybe, and, and you know, you look at like you know, chimpanzees use spears to yeah. kill monkeys, right? Right? They use simple stone tools. That yep. you know, humans were in the Stone Age for two million years yeah. before we before we came out, right? right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Before we started doing metals and, mm-hmm. and such, right? Mm-hmm. And and so you know, the early pre-human pre-homo sapiens humans who were doing this stuff, if nothing else, they showed that these homo niletis were doing this for generations. Right. To do something disorganized required a type of communication beyond what chimpanzees and gorillas are doing. Mm -hmm. It required some sort of language, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So we didn't think other brains were capable of that, but it looks like maybe they were. Now we see that the computer overnight is capable of that. I love that you said intelligence is much easier than we think it is. Yeah. Because because I think if that were spoon-fed to every child, oh yeah. then where would we be in this world? Yeah. You know, we would yeah. we would have these amazing people who are just doing everything that is a, you know, counter to the hierarchies, counter to everything. Right. Well, yeah. you know the, the other problem is one of the things I love about the Hakeem, I thought I was dumb until I met you, mm-hmm. is you know, I'll be walking in the mall. Yeah. And some man and his kids will come up to me. And they're like, you know, the way he speaks, I know he's from the undereducated community, just like me. Sure. Right. Sure. And he was like, yeah, man, you made me. Re- this is what people have said to yeah. me, quoting people, right? Yeah. yeah. Man, you made me rethink my relationship with with science. I think now I'm going to go to college and do this because we always talk about educating the children. Mm-hmm. You cannot educate the children without educating the people older than the it's children. It's true. Their caretakers are are, Absolutely. are pivotal. Absolutely. Yeah. There was nothing anybody in my home or community could say to me. They had one sentence to offer, maybe two sentences. Mm-hmm. And those sentences were, stay in school. If I had to all over again, I'd have stayed in school. They have no idea. They've never done it. Yeah. So they have no idea how to do it. Knowledge is proprietary. Mm-hmm. So it's not a coincidence that Kobe Bryant's and Steph Curry's fathers 
were professional yeah. basketball players. The Morris brothers, professional. Sure. There's so much of that. Yeah. You, 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 it's not that they have the magic gene. Right. It's that they it's got the magic shirt. education yeah. from an expert at it. Yeah. Like my, when my mother said to me when, when my son was very young, my son said, I think he's smarter than you are. I'm like, no, the hell he ain't. His daddy got a PhD in physics. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, I had to, my, my dad dropped out of school when he was nine. Like, right. who's smart? <laughs> He's way better educated than everyone. Sure. I couldn't right. compete with him yeah. at that level. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, you know, yeah. my education couldn't compete with his education. Sure. But, yeah. you know, and, and so you have brilliant people, kids out here yeah. that are in homes with brilliant parents who are not educated, right? And the stuff that gets you into Harvard, mm-hmm. right? So my, my parents were hella educated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they gave me, you know, when I got to Stanford, I was like, yeah, can't nobody in here clean a squirrel better than me. Nobody else knows how to process a possum and armadillo like I do, right? Right. <laughs> I, I was the best. You know, like when I went to- Yeah, uh, it's all context, yeah. It's all context. I went to this thing, my first trip out of the country, not counting Tijuana when I was yeah. in a Navy station sure. in San Diego, sure. was to the International School of Space Science in L'Aquila, Italy. I was the greatest basketball player for miles around. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> right? <laughs> The city I left, I was not. Right. <laughs> but over in Lockwood, oh, sure. I am the man now, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, and it's all it's all relative. Yeah. You know, it's all relative. It's who you have access to. Right. And who that help is. The yeah. first help we all get is our parents and our community. You know, yes. the 10-year-old is, following yes. the, is being influenced by a 12 and a 13-year-old, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So I've been saying for the last decade, in America and probably in the world, but but maybe not. There's only two ways you graduated high school well educated in mathematics. Way number one, it's in your house. Mm-hmm. Way mm-hmm. number two, mm-hmm. you got lucky. Mm-hmm. If you go to school and learn math, mm-hmm. you really got lucky, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> it's not. I mean, particularly now, it's very oh, true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that, yeah. So as we start to wrap it up, I want to yeah. find out who is Hakeem that is not the astrophysicist yeah. or the media personality right. or the science communicator. Yeah. And so I like to ask you, are you a reader? Are you a watcher? Are you a listener? And what are some of your your favorite read watches or listens? I'm all of the above. Okay. And I'm also a big goof. Like okay. I love to play with kids. Okay. I love to like just make people laugh, yeah. you know, and I'm... And the other thing that is like, I break out in the song and yeah, or dance right. at the drop of a hat all day, every day. Sure. Like, and I don't care. You right. know what I mean? Like, right. the mood hits me. Like, if you ever see yeah. me drive my car, I'm jamming out at yeah. all times, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I can't stop reading. Mm-hmm. And you know, it all depends, right? It, it, you know, I'm, I'm always searching for things interesting. Okay. Um, and, okay. You know, and because of YouTube, I wasn't really a YouTube watcher. Until? The pandemic. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I did basically two PhDs, one in archae- one in geology and mm. one in biology. Mm. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I never really was interested in biology for some crazy reason, so I had no idea how a cell really worked. Yeah. 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 Oh, now? Oh, I'm an expert on abiogenesis. I'm- <laughs> right, right. And I can imagine how it layers onto your, your physics Oh, absolutely does. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely yeah. does. Yeah. Right, well, you know, yeah, totally. Okay. I love history as okay. well. On yeah. on YouTube or just generally? Just generally. I love to okay. read it and, okay. I, and I go to YouTube for it, right? If you find sure. good ones. Mm-hmm. So podcasts, I really haven't listened to a lot of podcasts, but okay. during the pandemic, I listened to Dan Carlin's Hardcore History okay. and Philosophize This. 
Because ah. I knew I knew nothing about philosophy. Sure. And here's this guy that's going to go through every philosopher and what they did in yeah. an interesting way. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I, I love listening to it, yeah. philosophizes. Dan Carlin's hardcore history is about the history of war. His episodes will be like four or five hours long. He does wow. everything himself. Right. So and, he's a lecturer on his own. Yeah, but he's yeah. Just, he basically does not write a script, right? Okay. The thing he does do, though, is he has a lot of, he reads from primary materials, eyewitness accounts Got at that time. Sure. Yeah, and, sure. He, and he gives a lot of context. So it's very, when he goes to that reading voice, it's very old-timey, like old-timey. Like radio. Uh, yeah, like, like the radio like, program. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I love it. I yeah. love it. Yeah. yeah. But man, some of it is too much. Like right. he, he started talking about like the stuff in the Coliseum, you know, the yeah. what people will watch. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I can't listen to this. Yeah. This is just gore for the yeah. sake of gore. Yeah. It's not, and it was. Yeah, yeah. But understanding, you know, these these great wars of history, these mm -hmm. personages, mm -hmm. like, you know, Genghis Khan and mm -hmm. you know, it's just like wow. Mm -hmm. Like World War One. You know, everybody knows the story of World War Two, it backwards and forwards, but the story of World War One, yeah. how we got kicked off in detail, right. you know, it, 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 yeah, it's fascinating. It's really fascinating. Yeah. But also the German military machine mm -hmm. to hear the eyewitnesses mm -hmm. of the people as they marched across Belgium to get to France and, and just like how, you know, this thing just shows up and just for day after day, yeah. you know, this this super organized and efficient mass of humanity wow. just yeah. moves past and, and you know he's reading the eyewitness accounts and, and because back in the day you know how people wrote yeah you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. right detail, exactly right? Yeah. yeah 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 and it is just so fascinating sure so i'm curious about when you mentioned not knowing much about philosophy yeah because i find that all of our scientists from the days of old, our ancients, were philosophers. Absolutely. And so I'm not necessarily seeing yeah. that now, but are we seeing that and missing oh, it's, it? Oh, it's an even worse situation because there's a snobbery. Mm -hmm. So there's a branch of philosophy called philosophy of science. Okay. And they write these scientific papers sure. that are not data-based in the same way that our papers are. Oh, okay. So sometimes they'll come up with something that's really interesting to the world. Yeah. And the physicists are like, look at this crap. You know, and then, a, right, a, and that's how it's always been, right? Like, well, at first, they were natural philosophers. Sure, they were. Yeah, and so yeah. it was sort of like a, a, a respect for each other. Right, and it seems like physicists, a lot of the physicists that speak publicly about it, they really admire the philosophy that does not go into the realm of science, mm -hmm. but they kind of feel like the science philosophers are faking science is kind of how it comes across their attitude to me mm -hmm. it's like science light which mm -hmm. is not real science mm -hmm. therefore your conclusions mm -hmm. can't be right. trusted right. but i think philosophy by definition is stuff that cannot be known right, it's, right. yeah yeah right. yeah and so to have that as your metric for is it, is it valuable is is not yeah it's counter to it, even, it's not fair yeah, because you're yeah, not yeah. you know it's by definition you unknown you right. can't be rigorous in that way sure. with it. Yeah. you just have to be rigorous in logic which is mm -hmm. one of the branches of science mm -hmm, mm -hmm, like when you look at the the branches of science that's another thing that happens that is one of my soapbox items to get people to understand yeah. because being from a rural community it's very religious you know i go home and my buddies will be like hakeem Man can't know everything, you know. <laughs> and then they're like, you know, yeah. I knew a buddy, you know, science is crap. I know a guy, the doctor gave him 12 seconds to live. 
That was 48 years ago and he's still kicking. <laughs> right? And what yeah. people don't get is if you go from the branches of science, from the formal sciences, which includes logic, mm -hmm. which includes mathematics, which includes some branches of computer science, they are exact. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can write the equation of a circle in mathematics of a perfect circle that can never be realized because we're in a world made of atoms. And atoms, you know, is, is granular. There's going to be mm -hmm. gaps. There's going to be deviations. But that x squared plus y squared equals r squared, that's perfect, right? The next level are the physical sciences. Physics. You can make a prediction with the with the theories, the mathematics of physics, the, the electron G factors is called, the prediction of the theory and the observational measurement agree to 16 decimal places, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Then you get the chemistry. Mm -hmm. You lose some decimal places in your ability to predict because now you're more in a, uh, you have to make some assumptions. You can't model it exactly like you can in physics, right? Then you get to like the life sciences, mm -hmm. right? Biology. So. If you look at an error bar in physics, you know, it's so tiny. What is the error bar when a doctor tells you your prognosis? Plus or minus a lifetime. Right. You could die the next second yeah. or spontaneously heal. Sure. Right? Yeah. Then you get into the social sciences, right? Your error bars just blow up. Man, you can take two twins, yeah. put them in the exact same situation. And they could respond to it completely different. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So science ain't science is another one of my, you know, mm -hmm. what what is the precision of that science? Sure. And its ability to make predictions varies based on what the science the is. Yeah. So that tangent from podcasts. <laughs> Oh, yeah. But I love it. So yeah. you're listening to podcasts. You're listen, yeah. you're you're watching YouTube. Right, right, right. And you are listening to music all the time. Oh yeah, all the time. Okay. And, and if you listen to my playlist, mm -hmm. it crosses decades of genre. Sure. Right. I'm loving that Afrobeat London stuff yeah. these yeah, days. Yeah. Um, you know, whenever I go to like a country, I'm like, yeah, who's the artist here? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's funny. I was the African students faculty advisor for the African Student Association at okay. Florida Tech. Okay. And it was mostly Nigerians. They refused to let anything but Nigerian play. And I'm like, come on, we got Kenyans here. We got we got a few from other countries. Let's get some right. South Africans Questa. You know? <laughs> like, no. Right. It's all we're saying. It's all we're saying is Nigeria. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we all love music and Fortunately, Afrobeats is the number one music. Number In the world song. right now? Yeah. Oh, number one wow. streaming, yeah. yeah. Can you wow. imagine? Nuts, right? Yeah. So it's the African Americans, ain't it? No. Right. <laughs> We're the leaders of world music. Right. <laughs> you know who would have thought, but here we yeah. are. Yeah. Well, you know, I think the Brits always have had a big impact, at least in America, with mm. their music. You know, they got a little funk somehow. Yes. Yeah, yes. it doesn't like... Yeah. Because you know, I, I look at the African American music, I feel like it comes out of the oppression that, we, that people went through throughout the, the, the 19th and 20th century. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. But the pain and the music, the feeling, you know, mm -hmm. Just even in the 70s, so living a life in the 70s yeah. is so different right. than by the 90s, right? Yeah. You know, the 90s yeah. is when yeah, yeah. things really changed right. a lot. Right. But of course, things really changed a lot in the 60s, too. But it was sure. another sure. really changed a lot. Sure. Sure. <laughs> but, but, but to your point, music, it tells the story of the times Absolutely. very well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, I love some Curtis Mayfield, mm -hmm. you know. But here's the thing that gets me. Like, I listen to music. Like, right now, there's a lot of cats talking about... Like they're so oppressed and got it so hard in America. And I'm like, dude, you don't yeah. know what hard is. Right. What are you talking about? Right. right. Like KRS one, one of my favorite rappers. Mm -hmm. He had this song in the eighties, Love's Gonna Get You. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So 
at this one point in the song, he goes, I got beans, rice, and bread on my shelf as talking about how poor he is. Yeah. Then later, when he starts doing drug dealers, he got, now there's steak with the beans and rice. I'm like, dude, you got beans and rice. What are you complaining about? You don't understand. There's people with no, no food. Right. You can go to countries that can't find a fat person at all. Right. right? You know? Yeah. yeah. You, you don't get it. You know, and I'm like, tough guys? Oh, phew. Man, I was at the border between Zambia and Tanzania. It's like no man's land. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whole new definition of tough guys. <laughs> like, right. I like, I like yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Oh, man. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's, it, you it's know, it's levels world. to it. Yeah. It's levels to it, right. Yeah. And, and, and if you're here in America, you're very fortunate mm-hmm. that there is, a, even though you have it hard, there's oh, levels to it. easier, yeah. There's yeah. levels. I mean, yeah. if you're homeless, living in a hot city in a tent, yeah, that's pretty damn rough. Sure. That's pretty damn rough. Sure. But if you're housed yes. in the U.S., chances are you're doing way better than at least 50% of all humanity. Mm. You know, mm. you know, it's it gets really rough. You know, I've been in the slums and in, mm. in, in various places. You know, I know about the flying toilet, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like it's, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the truth, yeah. It's, it's, it's what's happening. <laughs> uh, you know, I like to tell my friends, I was like, duck, dude. In America, we're so rich, our houses just sit out in the open. I've never said that to a person that understands it. I'm like, most of the world understands what that means. Right. Yeah. Yes, yeah. It's, true. Yeah. it's true. It's yeah, true. It's true. And, and yeah. a lot of people don't understand the consequences. Like, our American ancestors went through the Depression, mm-hmm. and coming out of that, they created this social safety net yeah. with their... 20, yeah. 30 years, yeah. right? Yeah. So now we have these people like, oh, it's free money, blah, 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 you can't give away free money. I'm like, okay, so you want every city to have massive slums. Right. So now you got to live behind a wall with right. razor wire on it. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. right? You don't understand what you're really saying right. because you don't have enough experience. Exactly. In, in the world, or exposure right? and the, and the, exposure. the, the yeah. media machine is doing what it's doing. It's doing what it's doing. Yeah. yeah. Hollywood, you're looking at Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, you know, but I tell you though, one thing about my life is that with my son, mm-hmm. because I did have it, you know, as far as America goes, you know, I used to say I grew up poor and I were like, no, 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 I grew up American poor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there there mm-hmm. was levels to it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was tough. It was really the, the human conflict. Yeah. That was a tough thing, sure. right, which I had to deal with. And, you know, I, I, I was somewhat neglected and put out to, out there to be mm. set upon by predators of various sorts and mm-hmm. bullies. But as my son was growing up, I could look at him at every age and think about what I was going through at that age and just feel so good mm. that he has not had to go through sure. that. Sure, right? sure, yeah. sure. And that's that's kind of the meaning of, of family and, yeah. and growing into, you know, if our parents can give us something better, that's that's their yeah. job done. So Absolutely. good job, Dad. Well, it ain't done. <laughs> well, people so say, far, so people far, say, people say, so far. People say you must be so proud. I'm like, I am. What is the word? Cautiously optimistic. Right. Yeah. I'm optimistic. We made yeah. it this far. Yeah. yeah let me, you know, because yeah. you know, being a dude, we're idiots. <laughs> we're self-destructive. You know, you got to get a dude to like 26. They're like, okay. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> now you're no good, longer. That an is idiot. a good number. Now yeah. it's no longer an idiot. Yeah. Right? But I'm 26. I feel like because you know, there's a lot of studies that show little boys yeah. should start school perhaps a year later than little girls. Right. Oh. You know, I've been seeing a lot of that in the sure. educational stuff and, sure. the, and the difference the outcome for them is massive. Huh. Yeah. Because yeah. that Because we're little idiots. Play. We're little... <laughs> okay. 
okay, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. But the, the female mind, the, the research shows, does mature more quickly. Sure. Right? Yeah. And, and it's yeah. obvious. Like, I would always hear that growing up. Mm-hmm. And when I was in graduate school, this summer, we get these high school students. Yeah. And it was so obvious. I could see it, yeah. It was so obvious yeah. the difference between the girls and the boys. Yeah. Like, you could actually yeah. hold a conversation with some of the high school girls. Right. <laughs> right. Like, right, 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 right. I mean, as a woman, I can kind of vouch for that. But... Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you probably had to be like, oh, yeah, let me a, little help you bit, out here. a little bit, but it's all love. It's, it's all, all love. It's all love. Yeah. Well, like I said, we just want to get the best out of yes. who we are and what we can do. Exactly. You know, and, and what is, but you know, there's so, it, there's so much arbitrariness to life. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Right. But you look at exactly. the aspiration that we have. You look sure. at this, this, this science fiction, you know, we're beyond all these. Things yes. that yeah. you know impact us today, all the hierarchies and all right. the pettiness, right? But it's so interesting because most of the science fiction that I read just kind of extrapolates it and blows it up, or so, it becomes uh, what it, like post-apocalyptic. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's either so, post-apocalyptic or ideal. Right. Yeah. 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 So we'll see. Heaven in space. Yes, yeah. we shall yeah. see. Yeah. We shall see. So Hakeem, thank you so <laughs> so much for your time, yeah. your yeah. your generosity, and yeah. your wonderful mind. So before we sign off for today can you share any last thoughts with our audience oh man you put me on the spot mm-hmm. okay audience i just want to let you know and if, if you are ever asked to be on a podcast just she paid me one hundred eighty thousand <laughs> british pounds to be here so that's just the the, the baseline yes that's what you should expect right uh <laughs> Mind you, this is a gentleman who he admitted to me that he was a stand-up comedian. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. So I'll just right. <laughs> tell him, tell him, you must pay me twice what you're right. paying for TV. <laughs> Nothing. Twice. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I don't know, man. I, I just feel like, you know, be yourself. Just yeah. go out there, be you, yeah. live you. You can do anything. Yeah. And one thing I want to say, I don't know if you're out meant to inspire, but one thing I've seen in life that is telling to me, and again, it's it's in America because I work in other countries I know that you don't always have opportunities but here every person I know who wanted to become something outside of sports and entertainment Hmm. that actually worked to become it achieved it Mm. every Mm -hmm. single time it's just Mm -hmm. a matter of do you go forward and not quit right it doesn't mean it's easy doesn't mean it happens fast but when I thought when I set my sights on doing all the things I wanted to do it all started off you know tough Right, right, right. Difficult. Sure. And not paying. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. And, but there's that phrase, entrepreneurs work for free, right? Because what you're doing is you're creating relationships, you're you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're learning your chops, mm-hmm. you're, you're, and you're putting in that time, and, and the universe pays off. They're mm-hmm. like, I see you putting in that time mm-hmm. and effort. Mm-hmm. It's been five years. Yeah. So I'll tell you uh, uh, one last story. My brother-in-law. Yes. This dude achieved the height that you could achieve where we were for a black guy. Okay. He was a low-level manager at the local plant. Okay. Then he ruptured his lumbar disc. Oh. And he couldn't work for years. He had surgery, couldn't work for a couple of years. And he goes back to work. And after like three weeks, he quits. And he says, I can't work for anyone anymore. Mm. And that was shocking. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, what are you going to do? Sit around? And he basically did sit around at home for like a year. And it was like, couldn't believe it, right? And I come home from Tougaloo one day and he's like, hey man, I figured it out what I'm going to do. And I'm like, what? He's like, I've been looking around. So this is like the 80s. Mm-hmm. So I've been looking around, looking for what the opportunity is. And one thing I noticed 
in the trend that's happening right now is there's a lot of people that used to do things for themselves, but and now they pay, they pay somebody to do it. Mm -hmm. For example, you see all these oil change places that are popping up? Everybody used to change their own oil. Mm -hmm. He said, I think the next big thing is nobody's going to mow their own lawn. Hey, voila. He said, I went to Laurel, Mississippi, and I looked around. There's only two lawn maintenance and uh, landscaping companies. Mm -hmm. And I look at the job they do. I know I can do better than them. But what's going to give me the ace in the hole is I'm going to go to Jones Junior College and I'm going to get an AA degree in horticulture. Mm -hmm. And that's what's going to separate me. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what he was talking about. It sounded ridiculous to me. But of course, I'm going to be encouraging in the moment. Yep. He sat me down later. Yep. And he said, Hakeem, let me tell you something, man. If you ever decide to go in business for yourself, you better have, you better be in it for at least five years. Yes. He said, my first year, I made $5,000. Mm -hmm. My second year, I made $30,000. Last year, I doubled that. And this year, I'm doubling it again. Now, here we are in Mississippi where $4 an hour was a bomb. And I stop and I go, are you saying you about to make $120,000 this year? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I already did. Cause it was over Christmas. We was telling me, he's like, yeah, yeah I already did. I'm going to double it again this year. Right. Oh, Up wow. until that time I lived with him yeah. and my sister in their trailer in the woods, a trailer that was destroyed in hurricane Katrina. My sure. mom lived in the big sure. oak tree fell through it. Yeah. So he goes on to build a big house on the hill and hire the community, mm -hmm. which is where it stands today, mm -hmm. right? Of course, the competition is there. Grew up now. Everybody right. has a landscape. Sure, company, sure, sure. But he 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 saw it. He, he saw it. it. He established it. He yeah. hired the, the the cats in the community, and that's all it is is mm -hmm. is having your idea and executing it, and yeah. being, and being committed to it, yeah. right? If he's like, I'm not making no money in this, I'm out. He wouldn't have got into the life of where you don't have to go to work every day. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is the perfect way to end the conversation. Excellent. Thank you for that. Thank, Thank you for that. Thank it's you. it's persistence, it's intention. Yes. And it's uh, vision. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yes. you. You inspired me. Oh, yes. yes Thank yes, you. Yes. All right, Glocal Citizens, this has been another episode of the podcast. You can catch us Tuesdays with new episodes at GlocalCitizensPod.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Please be sure to like, share, subscribe, tell a friend it helps others find great content on the internet if you leave us a review as well so do that we really appreciate it so please do check the show notes there were so many names that were shared and so many concepts that i will put in the show notes so don't worry you will get to review them and do your own study and well until next time bye for now